0: Thank y'all. Thank you guys for leading us this morning in worship. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Mount Pleasant family. I am not Brian Autry. You knew that because I'm not nearly as tall, right? Well, he sends his regards and uh, just to let you know, he had on his calendar before committing to you guys to be the interim here. Uh, this particular date and uh, so he asked me if I would come if you're having withdrawals this morning I said this in the 8 8 9 service this morning this is our proclaimer this is a magazine that we have published every four months and um, inside there's an article by him so if you're having withdrawals today grab one of these and take it and plus let him know that I told you to take one okay they're out at the welcome center this morning Well, we're glad that you're here and uh, glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning and uh, we're looking excited, we're excited about God's word, Matthew chapter 22, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn there this morning, Matthew 22. Now, I just wanted to share with you this morning that um, I hear the L word, you know what the L word is? Love, love sound like a bunch of 60s and 70s. The love, the L word thrown out quite a bit today in figures of speech and social media. And I think we say love to a lot of things that do not deserve that great word of devotion. Don't you? I I think we kind of do that. So um, I got some slides. I, I wanted to share a couple of things with you. Just yesterday, I posted this picture on Facebook. So that means it's ready for the Super Bowl, right? (laughs) But do I I really love football? Do I really love the game that much that I will stop everything that I'm doing and make an appointment to watch the Super Bowl and the commercials and the halftime show? Yes. (laughs) So there's a great deal of devotion priority to the game, but do I love it? That's a strong word for football. Now, to be honest, the sport that I really love the most is tennis. I'm an avid fan. Um, I, I love to play the game. It's really the only game that has the terminology love in it. 30 love, 40 love, game. And so while everyone else is gonna be hyped about the football game, I've DVR'd the Australian Open final, don't give it away if you already know, in the middle of the night so that I can see these two men, two women, that are hitting the ball and trying to hit it past the other. And they call it love, okay? Now, here's something that I I really love. Look at this. Food. And one of my favorite places to eat a juicy steak is Texas Roadhouse and I don't know if you know it but right down the road there is one and so thanks for the invitation to join you for lunch today but I have to get home to get ready for the game so it's not not a good day the reality is that I will throw out the L word a lot when it comes to food but do I really love food I think I do do I love the way it smells do I love the way it looks do I love the way it tastes or the way the results look on me (laughs) And that's love, yeah. Now men, here's a food that you better become quickly familiar with in a few days. Are you ready? There you go. And just in case, I brought one here. Uh, I'm not going to sell it to you or anything, but, but but here it is. Because in 13 days, it's Valentine's Day, right? And we know that women love chocolate. They also love diamonds, but... I only put on the screen what I can afford, okay? All right, sorry. I guess you're starting to get the picture here, aren't you? If love is too strong of a word for hobbies and games and events and food and things, then here is someone that I I really love. This is my wife of almost 30 years. She's my helpmate. God provided for me, and I love her like no other person. I love my children. Bryce and Hannah and Josh and his fiancee and Pierce. Love them. I love the people that I have the privilege to work with every day. We share life and ministry together. By the way, uh, that person to your right is Brian Archery. Please let him know that I I love him. (laughs) But but there is one and only one that I give my highest and loyal devotion to my love to, and that's Jesus. The very one who who loved me enough to give his life for me, that I might be forgiven of my sins and my shortcomings and my failings and live eternally with him, that's love. Now I have to be honest with you this morning, I don't always get this love priority thing right. And I throw out the L word As if my highest praise and devotion goes to such things as football and and tennis and food. Things. But it's not about that. It's not even about my love for co-workers and children and the love for my wife. And so this morning if you look at your bulletin it says, I love you but... This morning, I said before I left home this morning, Jan, I love you, but my love for Jesus has to be more than my love for you. You see, leading up to Matthew chapter 22, Jesus has been teaching to the multitudes. He's been telling spiritual lessons through parables, and he's been performing miracles. He's just entered Jerusalem and what we call the triumphal entry, which we know was the prelude to the cruel death and burial of our Lord and Savior. So in chapter 22, we have the parable of the wedding feast. We have the Pharisees are asking if it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. We have the Sadducees. They're asking Jesus about the resurrection. And now we come to the scribes. These are the scholars who are are trying to get all of these laws and commandments straight and in priority. Some believe that they were really trying Jesus. They were trying to trip him up. So you can imagine when considering all of the Old Testament laws plus the New Testament commandments to live by that Jesus has brought as the Messiah, that scribes are trying to trip him up a, a bit by saying, help us know, of all of these... Which is the greatest commandment? Are they saying, Jesus, help us set some priorities here? And as they're trying to to trip him up or try him, we want to make sure that we abide by the greatest, the most important commandment, Jesus. So you tell us which one it is. And you know what? He told them. That's exactly what he did. Matthew 22, let's let's begin with verse 36. They said to him, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now folks this this should not have been the first time that they had heard of this commandment and the priority of this being the first and the great commandment. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 beginning with v- verse 1. Now, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, and all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets before your eyes and you shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. So really the the greatest commandment of the Old Testament is the same as the New Testament. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. But notice in Matthew 22, he says that there is another commandment that we should give priority to. And what is that? To love your neighbor as yourself. And so he says, you can hang all of the other laws and the prophets and all the other commandments on these two. So if you want to simplify these two commandments, it would be this, love God and love others. How easy is that? Love God and love others. Uh, so let me let me kind of unpack this a little bit. Love God with all. You might want to circle the word all. Love God with all. So let's take a moment to re- be reminded of what our percentage of love for God should be. We're to love him with a little bit? We're to love him with a small portion? We're to love him with some, we're to love him with 50%, with 75%, with 90%. No, the scripture says that we are to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And I don't know about you, I'm not a math major by any means, but if all is all, I, I think that's 100%. Do you? 100%. So how is there any love left for others? And here's how I believe It is. Because if we will love God supremely with all that we are and all that we have and recognize that we no longer live, but he lives in us, we're able to love others through him. That's a supernatural love empowered by the Holy Spirit. We love because he first loved us. And let me tell you, My wife, my children, my neighbors would much rather receive his love through me than they would my love from me. I want you to hear that. Because if it's my love from me, it's pretty fleshly. But if it's his love through me, that's supernatural empowerment by the Holy Spirit. It's God loving them through me. Does that make sense? So let's unpack what that looks like and how, how this can be fleshed out. Love God with all of your heart. So let's begin with heart. The meaning here is that we should love him with all that we are, with all of our power, with all of our strength. We should love him supremely, more than any other being, more than any other thing. So we've already ruled out all those things I I, I shared with you early on. We should love him with all of our worship and all of our praise and all of our adoration. We should fix all of our affections on him more strongly than any, anything else and be willing to give up all that we hold dear if that's what he requires of us. So in other words, something or someone that we put before God becomes our idol. Something that we put before God is our idol. And we know that one of the Ten Commandments is what? To have no other gods before him. Let me say one more thing as we consider loving God with all of our heart. If we're saying to others, like our spouses and our children and maybe other family members, if we're saying to them, I love you, and we're not communicating that to God, then more than likely we're placing others before him and we're not loving him with all of our heart. Do you tell Jesus on a regular basis? And he inhabits the praises of his people, right? Let him hear it. I love you, Lord. And in the first service, it's not older, not older people um, in the first service. It's just a, 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 a different worship style, right? And so I sang this chorus that they recognized. Uh, it was, um, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, To worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Can you imagine? Do you know how much you love to hear someone say, I love you? And how the Lord desires to hear you say, I love you, Lord. Let him, let him hear it. Let him hear it. Love the Lord with all of your heart. And now let's consider soul. Love him with all of your soul. The meaning here is to love him with all of your life. A willingness to give up your life for him. Yielding to him. Giving total obedience to his commands. We're living for him and we're serving him. It's taking up our cross daily and, and following after him. This is dying to self and him living in us. He has taken residence in us. He dwells right here in me. He's a part of me and I should love him. He's not just with you at the times that you choose to meet him. He's not just with you when you come to church on Sunday morning to worship. He's not just with you in the morning as you're getting up to do your devotions. He's not just with you when you're having your small group Bible study. He is Emmanuel, God, with us. All the time with us. Love him with all of your soul all the time. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, And with all of your mind. Submit your intellect. Your thinking. To his will. Love his word. Love his laws. Love his commands. Love the gospel more than the decisions you have to make with your feeble and and finite mind. Feed your mind with things of him. Release from your mind your thoughts toward him. And submit to his teachings and his guidance. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His, thought, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I'm you of what Paul says to the church at Philippi in, in chapter 4, verse 8. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, what does he say? To meditate or think. On these things. So love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your thinking. Now I know that as I'm leaving here today, I'm going to be, this chorus is going to be in my mind because I shared this at 8.30. And uh, maybe this is a little more hip for you, okay? It's uh, this, this little chorus. I will love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my heart. Mind and with all my strength. I will love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. You can sing with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. Now it wouldn't be bad to have that melody in those words in our heart as we leave from here today. And why is that? Because this is the first and this is the greatest commandment. I don't know about you, but that'll help me remember that today throughout the day. But the second commandment is like it. That we should love our neighbor as ourself. So love God, love others. Love others the way that you love yourself. But, but wait a minute, if we are to love God first with all that we are and all that we have, how can we love our neighbors as we love ourselves? We have no love left, right? Well, not really, because as Christians, we have a greater capacity to love because of whose we are. We belong to him. It's Holy Spirit empowerment. And by the way, I, I know that some of us have trouble loving ourselves. But here, Jesus is saying we should love What he loves and we should value what he values and we know that he loves us and he loves us so much that he sent his son son Jesus to die for us. He has given us this earthly life and abundant life and eternal life and we're to love it by being good stewards of it, of our body and of our soul and of our mind. Not thinking too highly of ourselves, not thinking too lowly of ourselves, Paul says, but a sober judgment a steady judgment and we're to esteem others higher than we do ourselves. Now the biblical definition of neighbor really has nothing to do with the proximity to where you live. It's not about next door or or houses down the street or that's nearest to you, but rather a neighbor is anyone who has need. So looking at this simple love priority, loving the Lord first, And then our human relationships, loving others second. Who are our neighbors in need? Now, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I'm here to say I think that our spouse needs us. Does your spouse need you? I I see you looking at them and saying, do you need me? (laughs) Does your spouse need you to love them unconditionally the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for his bride and the answer is yes. Does your children need you to love them and, and offer them words of encouragement and even discipline when necessary? And the answer is yes. Do Christians need each other? Do we, we do we need to pray for each other and hold each other accountable? And the answer is yes. Do, do your neighbors and friends need you to be Jesus to them? Absolutely. Do unbelievers need to share, need you to share and, and to live The gospel? And the answer is yes. So love God first, and then love others. (coughs) Excuse me. By this, will men know that you're my disciples if you what? Have love for one another. Love God first, love others second. I was recently at a conference in Charlotte, North Carolina called Vision, Vision for Evangelism. And Joe, I had the privilege of going through uh, the Billy Graham Library. Uh, anybody ever been through the Billy Graham Library? A few of you have. And um, it, it, it was a privilege to be there. What God was able to do with and through this little dairy farmer boy to spread the gospel to millions of of people across the globe is just an amazing story. Wonderful, wonderful testimony. And so going through the library, actually it's more like a museum. I was able to hear the gospel presented 12 times throughout that tour. And I was challenged to think about if God could use one man like Billy Graham, how could he use me? I was encouraged by the leadership of the Billy Graham Association because they were encouraging us to have a fresh vision for evangelism. The Great Commission is the same. It hasn't changed. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the vision is quite different today than it was in the day when Billy Graham had these large crusades. It's it's different today. So what does evangelism look like today? We have the Great Commission. We know what it is. As you go, make disciples. And making disciples has to include the sharing of the good news of Jesus. But to reach millennials today, it's kind of a little reversal. Because uh, millennials have a tendency to want to belong to something and then they want to become a part of and then they might believe. Now, old school is that you would pray to receive Christ, you would go through discipleship and then after about a year or two years, depending on the church, then you might be able to serve the Lord through the local church. But you see how that's reversed. But what hasn't reversed is that in order for the gospel, gospel to be spread... It's got to be told. We can't rely on lifestyle evangelism and hope that someone is going to pray to receive Christ. We've got to tell them about Jesus. We've got to give them an opportunity to pray and to receive him and to respond to the invitation. So how can they hear without a messenger? How can they hear without a preacher? So discipleship includes the conversion experience, but it's so much more than just praying to receive Christ. It's a journey of faith. And this journey of following Jesus as a disciple might seem to you and to many as being very complicated. Because when I look at all of the laws in the Old Testament and I look at all of the commands in the New Testament, it seems like I've got to do a lot in order to walk this journey of faith and to be a Christian. And yet at the same time, Jesus is saying to us this morning, He has simplified it for us today in the Great Commandment it's two steps. Love God and love others. Love God and love others. It's that simple. And yet we make it complicated and we fall short and get our love priorities in the wrong order. He's made it so simple and yet we still don't get it right. I want to share with you a diagram from this conference that shows the concentric circles of love relationships, So you'll notice that in the middle of this core of circles is our top priority, and that is to love God first, right? That's the first and the greatest commandment. That's the Lord, right in the middle. Notice as you work your way outward, you will see your second priority, and that is to love your spouse. And then look at the next circle. You will see the third priority is to love your children. And then the next circle represents loving other believers. That's loving the body of Christ. That's loving the church. Then continue looking and you'll see the need to love your neighbors. These are the people that you come in contact on a regular basis. It could be in your neighborhood or it could be at work or at school or in the marketplace. These are people that represent your Jerusalem. The Lord has strategically placed you in their world. And then finally, you will see to love the unbeliever that Jesus died for, and this extends to the uttermost parts of the earth. Pretty simple, right? Love the Lord, love others. The reason I believe this message is timely is that in just 13 days, we're gonna be observing a man-made holiday called, what? Valentine's Day. And I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna spend a lot of, Time and energy and money and effort to express our love for our spouse and our fiance and our boyfriends and girlfriends and others. I already have her favorite candy. By the way, this isn't just a box of chocolates. This is Ghirardelli chocolate. I know her well. She's not getting diamonds. But I will get a card and probably the necklace that I know she would like to have and probably plan a special dinner out. But before I do that, let me be mindful of the great commandment, the priority that God has set for me, and that is for me to love him first. And if I'm giving that to my wife, I'm giving her her favorite candy. We're gonna sit down and have dinner together. Give her a card to let her know how much I love her. I'm not doing that to God. Let's just sit down, God, you and me. I, I, I love you. Let's eat together, let's dine together, let's have communion together. And I wanna give you something because you've given so much to me. And here's a note to just tell you how much I, I love you. I know it might be awkward, but, you know, why don't you tell your spouse, I, I, I did this t- to Jan this morning. Or, or your fiance, or, or maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend, or your children, I don't know who you're sitting with this morning. But on the bulletin it says, I love you, but. I love you, comma, but. God is my first priority, He's my first love. Uh, Why don't you take a moment to do that? If you're with your spouse or with your fiance, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your children, just say, look, I love you, but God is first. It's okay to do it to a neighbor that you don't know or a friend. (laughs) I love you, but... I know it's very important for me to articulate and enunciate properly when I said that, right? I love you, comma, but. It's not so easy to say, is it? And, And here's the reason why. For some of us, we are so selfish that we put ourselves ahead of God and others. Bottom line. Some of us are so head over heels in love with our spouses that we give them priority over God. Some of us are so infatuated with our children who occupy so much of our time that we get this love priority, this great commandment Out of order. You see? See that diagram? You just jump up there to your children. And look who you've left out. The Lord. And your spouse. Or you live this life and you say I'm an evangelist. And so I'm going to share the gospel with everybody I come in contact. And yet you neglect your walk with the Lord. Or you neglect your wife. Or you neglect your children. Anybody relating this morning? I understand the the love you have for your spouse and your family, but Jesus is our life. He is the reason for living. And when we have our relationship with him in order, he supernaturally gives us the capacity and ability to love our spouses and our children and others more effectively. Oh, could it be that we are not expressing, we're not extending our love to its fullest to our spouses and to our children and to our families because we're not loving God the way that we should and how are we to love him? With all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. In the next few minutes, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to what God has, has been saying to you today. And if you've never loved the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, today I want to ask you to surrender yourself to him to say lord today i want you to come into my heart i want you to be first place i want you to be first priority in my life now for the rest of us who have trusted him with our lives maybe we have this whole love priority thing this great commandment out of order and today we're saying to him lord i love you i love you with all that i am and all that i have i love you first Now, for some of us, if we're going to be serious, if we're going to be serious with him, we'll probably want to grab our spouse's hand, maybe your children, you might want to come to the altar, you might want to pray together as the Lord is leading you to help you give love in the right order and receive love in the right order. I want you to hear this, to give love in the right order and to receive love in the right order. So husbands, you might be saying to your wife, honey, I love you, but... God is first. Wife, you might be saying to your husband, honey, I love you and I accept my second place in your life. Did you hear that? Children, you might want to say to your parents, I know you love me, but love God more and love him first. Would you be obedient to him this morning as you commit to the great commandment and get your love priorities in the right order, in order that he might be first in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in your marriage, in your family, in your neighborhood, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Let's pray together. Lord, you know it's not about football today. And yet, we're probably distracted. We're, we're thinking about that. Because there's only one day out of the year that there's a Super Bowl. Hmm. But every day, in this game we call life, we have an opportunity to take up our cross And to say, Lord, you are first. You're the first priority. That's the commandment that you've given to us. That we would love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, it's not all of this other stuff that we talk about loving. Because that's really not love. We might like it. We might be infatuated by it. But this supreme love that we're talking about can only be reserved for you. Because you alone are worthy Lord, there could be someone here that's never made you first place, never made you first priority in their life. And today they're saying, Lord, I want to surrender. I want to abandon myself. I want to die to self and ask you to forgive me of my sins and come and, and reign and rule in my heart and control my thinking, control my soul, my life. in order that I might have a right relationship with you and a right relationship with others. And Lord, you know in this room, it's it's represented by many types of family makeup. But you have commanded us to not only love you, but to love others. And Lord, I pray that today, we see the difference of us loving out of our own ability in the flesh And you loving through us supernaturally. I want to love my wife and my children and my neighbors more effectively. But that's only going to happen if you love through me. So Lord, thank you today for this priority. I I pray that in this room there will be people that will come to the altar today. And there will be husbands that will say, you know, wife, I I love you, but God's got to be first. I, I pray that there'll be spouses, who, who, wives that'll respond, and they'll, she'll say to her husband, I love you, but God's gotta be first, and I'm taking second place in your, in your life. And children understand that as much as sacrifice is made by parents, it's gotta be God first. Lord, thank you for first loving us and giving us Jesus that gives us the capacity now to freshen you today to commit to this great commandment, to love you and to love others. Help us to respond in a way that would be pleasing to you. Help us to let you know that we love you and that we mean business today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.